What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Single Player Experience, the premier podcast for single player gamers to find out about good single player games to play. As always, I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and we have another indie spotlight episode where we like to take an indie game either up that's already out or upcoming and highlight it so that everyone, so we can put this on the map and let everyone know why they should check this one out. You know, I love doing these episodes because you, if you've heard the show before, I have a very soft spot in my heart for indie games. It is probably one of my favorite overall genre or niches in, in gaming today. And I love seeing what creative things uh, like creators come out with. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about a upcoming indie game that I definitely think you should check out, especially if you like SNES style 2D co-op games or single player games in general. And especially if you like RPG games, this this one really kind of like blew me away with the trailer. But enough about me. Let's get on to our guests of the show because we have two wonderful guests here today. Ladies and gentlemen, from Positive Concept Games, we have Alan and Joseph. And guys, how you doing today? Hey, we're doing well. Yeah, doing well. How about you? doing well doing well thank you for asking for the people who don't know you can you introduce yourself to the audience um i am alan gabbard i am the creative director of shrine's legacy and i'm joseph the alan and joseph thank you so much for being on the show i like to ask my first time guest an icebreaker question just to get the get everything loose get get the vibes right and my icebreaker question for each of you is if kirby absorbed you what kind of powers would he get he would be a writer. He'd be a writer? That's a good a one. Writer. Like, he'd be an analyzer of storytelling and writing. Like, that's what he would get. He'd, he'd have a, a pencil and he'd just be writing stories. That's exactly what he would get out of me. I love that answer. I think for me, he would, would get too many powers and he wouldn't know what to do with them and he used. <laughs> and they wouldn't be the best powers, but he'd be good at a lot of them. I feel you. Programmer or composer. Yeah, programming and composing, I'd say, is like my biggest thing, but very much uh, whatever needs done, I will try to do if I can. Kind of person. I like that. A Swiss Army knife type of guy. I like that. So, you know, before we get to the topic of the show, which is this game, I, my last icebreaker question for you is basically. Which Ninja Turtle is actually the best Ninja Turtle? Oh, that's, um, I think it's Michelangelo. Okay. Uh, my personal favorite, uh, the tech guy. That's Michelangelo, right? Michelangelo is the goofball, right? And then Donatello is the purple Donatello. one, but the, that's the tech guy. You're right. Donatello is the tech guy. I'm sorry. Um, yes, Donatello is my uh, personal go-to favorite. Um, Second would probably be Leonardo. Third would probably be Raphael. And last would be Michelangelo. I know people like Michelangelo, but I don't know. He's he's a bit too laid back for me. I like being responsible. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. No, if I can really favorite for one, it's been too long since <laughs> and for two, they all kind of serve an important purpose. So they kind of work really well together. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that answer. So it, everyone, it is time for our topic of the show, and that is spotlighting this amazing indie game, and that's Shrine's Legacy. So guys, I really want to give you kudos. Like I saw the trailer for this game and really was blown away with what I saw. Love the art style, love the concept. For the people who don't know about this game, can you tell us about Shrine's Legacy? Shrine's Legacy is a Super Nintendo inspired co-op action rpg that you play single player or co-op with friends um it doesn't have an online mode built in but you can play online first game remote player parsec uh, and it's basically a fantasy rpg where it's very reminiscent of secret of mana illusion of gaia or i i describe it as uh, final fantasy meets legend of zelda so yeah, and it's uh, it's very story driven. It's got puzzles. It's got action combat. That's like a little more like Zelda than like a like a complicated bunch of combos kind of action RPG. Um, so yeah, it's very influenced by the retro Super Nintendo age. 
that's really the simplest way to describe it is just story final fantasy gameplay of zelda and it's not exact it's not an exact presentation of what it is because it's more rpg oriented than zelda but that's like the easiest way of visualizing because there's puzzles like zelda there's you know boss fight monsters like zelda in a similar way but you have stats like rpg games jewels is what called they're basically like a you them and it affects how you play the game basically i love that could give you more of a stat or make you actually use less mp when you cast a spell so the spells are important because they're what you use to solve the puzzles so use them to fight the enemies and use them to solve that's really cool that's really cool what was the inspiration behind this game like how did y'all come up with this concept well, when I was a child, I used to tell my brother um, just a bunch of made-up stories before bedtime, and we took that premise. Um, it was called The Sword of Shrine, was the story. Um, Shrine, by the way, is the last name of the main character, hence Shrine's <laughs> legacy. Um, yeah, you called Sword of Shrine. That was kind of confusing. So we yeah, we think that was a good title. We adjusted it. But I told my brother this story I made up when I was a kid, and then uh, when I met joe in high school he asked me to come up with a concept for an rpg for a game and i presented uh this concept from my childhood and let's try to refine it and let's run with it and make it um make it its own thing that'll stand out so yeah that's that's where the inspiration came from from um, just a lot of childhood um stories that i made up and also just those stories were influenced by video games like Final Fantasy IX and, uh, you know, The Legend of Zelda, things like that. It's like Ocarina of Time Link to the Past. So, yeah, that's yeah. where like, all that came from. And as far as like video games go, it's like the Soul Blazer trilogy, like Illusion of Gaia, Terranigma in particular, even, even Soul Blazer, like all three of them really were influenced on the design of the game. It's almost like a spiritual successor to those games with maybe a little little bit less focus on like resurrection philosophy, but more like story. Yeah. Like Final Fantasy. And more puzzles like a link to the past. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um trying to take the best of like a lot of different worlds essentially. I love that. It's, it seems like y'all are paying homage and almost spiritual successors to a lot of the, a lot of solid retro RPGs out there. So I got to ask you, um, you know, we spoke a little bit, um, a little bit before we got started with uh, recording this episode. You've been to a couple of like trade shows and you got to show off your game. What has it been like seeing people respond to your game? What's that? What's that feeling like? It's been very uplifting for me. Uh, seeing people enjoying something that I created. This is a fairly new experience for me. This is like my first project ever um, that's getting out into the public world and seeing people respond to it so positively. Uh, even people who are not used to these kind of games, like retro Super Nintendo style games, and I find them enjoying it if I watch them play through the demo. It's um, it's it's just really motivating, and it just feels really good to actually see someone enjoy something you've been working so hard on for so long um, i can't wait to finish it to see how people react to the full scope of the game yeah. so that'll be exciting especially people who play it in co-op i'm excited to see that it's a totally different experience you know someone plays the game you know you don't see it they write some feedback about it it's three paragraphs or something that's a different experience that's still valuable and you know we love to see that too of course so there is definitely something special about seeing someone with the controller in their hand playing the game you can just see it happening see how they react at each moment in the game you know you can see their facial expressions you can they can talk to you about it you know that's it's real it is really cool. I, I love that. I love that y'all are getting um, some very positive feeds and, and reception for the game early on in its development, like and later on in its development as well. Like, I want to ask you, you you kind of um, broached that this game has been development for a while. Sorry, peace. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's okay. 
It's okay for audio listeners. Uh, there was a cat that kind of just jumped out of nowhere like a ninja <laughs> and everything. It was very, very cool at the moment. But um, all right. So I, I kind of want to ask you, like, um, how long has this game been in development? Um, for this version of the game, um, started in 2016. Uh, before that, we kind of worked on a prototype, but we really didn't figure out what we were doing until 2016 in terms of the direction it was going so yeah I would it's say it's been a big learning experience basically so technically we've been working on the game for a very long time but we just didn't really find what we were looking for until like Alan said about 2016 mm -hmm. but we we definitely learned a lot through this project and our next project Oh, <laughs> we're not going to allow ourselves uh, spend the same time on it. I got you. It'll I got be you. a smaller project, so. I got you. I got you. So you kind of um, dropped a hint there. You, you're already thinking about the the projects of what's to come. I want to ask you, um, Shrine's Legacy specifically. Like, how long uh, do you anticipate this game being? Like, is it more close to uh, more close to ten to twenty hours? Do you feel like it's under ten or? above the the 25 hour mark i would say if you do the main story and stuff uh, it's mm -hmm. about 12 hours and if you do all the side content about 18 hours to finish everything so 12 to 18 hours give or take oh, okay yeah. and of course you know some people will be faster and it will take time more our goal is to have a lot of replay value so yeah, once you're done on the main campaign, there will be things that we can't really talk about right now that make it replayable. So some things we plan on working on after the launch of the game as well. So we do plan to support the game pretty well after it's done. That's exciting. Especially after the time we've already been to it, it just feels like the right call to make. I'm pretty confident in the quality of the game. It's just a matter of getting it done and then giving people enough stuff to do your games been out for a while so yeah that is exciting values. so i want to dive into the the general crux of this game because like you you said earlier that this game could be uh, you know it's primarily a co-op game that can also be played as a single player like can you tell us a little about that mechanics um how did you create an rpg that is a co-op that can also be played as a single player experience well, I mean, I guess primarily single player in a way. Yeah, <laughs> it's both. We were designing the from the get go to be a co-op because we were making the game together and we were like, man, it's fun to play games together. So we should make a game we can play together. Specifically RPGs, which like never, yeah, ever have co-op. No. I guess the Tales of games do that. But yeah. Tales of Dead and might have Secret, been one of Secret the best of, best of, like, Secret of Mana and uh, Trials of Mana uh, did it and I would say that's our biggest influence as far as like the co-op aspect um, but yeah we definitely had to figure out a lot of things like what happens if one player triggers a cutscene or what happens to the other player oh uh, yeah I don't recommend any <laughs> developer to do this without really considering the effort that it takes because Oh, the yeah. amount of edge cases and issues you run into trying to have two characters moving around on an RPG screen is like, it's almost like multiplicative. Like you're <laughs> almost running into multiple times as many issues as you would without. To be fair, we didn't really know what we were doing 100% early on. So I'm sure some of our issues had to do with mistakes we make early on. Oh, and like when, I do, when we do testing sessions for the game, we have to test it in single player mode and co-op mode. Yeah. So that's, that's fun. It's extra work. Yeah. And but, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. And it's really cool. I mean, I'm excited to see people stream it co-op. That'll be, that'll be really cool. If that, do. apparently gamers don't have friends, it's the thing. Thank you. <laughs> That's a, the man. It's a really cool premise, and that's one of the things that kind of like that kind of like struck me when I first found out about this game is that it is very much like a, a retro thing to have like a co-op RPG in the same vein as this, like a two D co-op uh, like RPG. And that was one of the things that I was just like, man, that is a really cool experience that you can also like. Let's just say I didn't really want to play with anyone at the time. I can play the whole entire game by myself and also have a very 
different experience with another person you know playing this game so yeah kudos to all the hard work i do want to ask you though what it, what are some of the lessons you have learned in the development process creating shrine's legacy there's a there's a lot most important one that we learned both of us it was theming like make being clear and make it strong because there are multiple phases and like so Alan wrote the steps to the game, which is like the story and what all the characters say and all the scenes and everything. And what we figured out is we don't actually have like a theme, do we? <laughs> yeah. So, um, this is after we had already revised this. So he writes, I edit it. I kind of help out. We help each other out in almost everything. So uh, we sit down together and yeah, read through it. Chapter. Um, basically, after we had done that once and revised it already, we so still figured out theming. When you, when you get a theme for your mm-hmm. game, that makes developing the game so much easier. Actually, that would just apply to any media. You get a theme for your yes. film or your book or your album, whatever. It makes writing, it makes making the thing so much easier. I can't stress enough to creative. What is the theme? Like, what is the theme of your story? And you need to follow through on it on every level, from an artistic level, on a storytelling level, character-driven level, music, whatever. Yeah. Um, Do you have a question of whether you should put something in the ask? Does this support the theme? If yes, keep it. If no, toss it. Game design, too. Like, I mean, there's obviously going to be exceptions to that, but, yeah. like... Generally speaking, I think that really helps to nail down your design and to keep things scoped as well, because you know what is keeping and what basically discard and not have to worry about and still not harm the experience. Like, I can't stress it enough. It seems like a lot of people forget how important the theme is to a story or, or a game or, or they just didn't, game design or whatever. And they just didn't realize it like us. Yeah, I didn't realize it for a long we time. We played Undertale and that kind of helped. Kind love of, undertale of that i was like oh what is this game you're right so it's got kind of ugly art it's <laughs> it's pretty short oh man but theming is perfect it's <laughs> <laughs> like a golden flag i don't know green flag i don't know what word i'm trying to use here but it was uh, just uh, uh yeah it was light bulb over the head <laughs> um I would say the second most important thing we've learned is your art matters. Your art yeah. on the business side of things. You need to make good art. Um, you can go online and you can find like old uh, trailers or old playthroughs of the demo. And we have like the older art in there and it just does not look as good as it does now. And now that it looks a lot better, we get more responses to it. Um, it just looks more professional. And it, you can have professional without having like perfect art too. It involves a lot of consistency in your design. You need a really cool idea, which I don't. And fundamentals, like art fundamentals, are really good. Yeah, and yeah, you know, like Undertale's not the prettiest art, like I said, but they do have consistency in their art design, and that's important. And just the concept of like a shoot 'em up mixed with RPG turn-based elements is really cool. So, yes, the thing that really drives people. So, uh, so I want to ask you <laughs> to kind of follow up on that a little bit. I want to ask you what, um, so who do you think this game is for? Like what, what type of audience do you think would really resonate with Shrine's Legacy? Um, people, people who want to play RPGs with their friends or loved ones, actually, that's <laughs> like number one. That's a, that's a big target demographic. It's like. How many other people are like us? And it's like, boy, we love playing RPGs together. Like right now, we're playing through Final Fantasy 16 together. That's a one-player game. Yeah. And we have to take turns. But what if we did it? What if we yeah, <laughs> was co-op RPG? So that's who our game is for. And other than that, people who like the retro aesthetic and appreciate uh, pixel art games from the Super Nintendo era, people who love Super Nintendo RPGs, like. Uh, Secret of Mana or Link to the Past. Those are pretty much our core audience. Yeah. I think our game will still appeal to newer gamers who are like, what's a Super Nintendo? Yeah. <laughs> and the pixel art, that's like, 
I know some people are like, this game's not 3D. I can't play it. Nothing yeah. we can do for those people. And that's, yeah. I think, like, I might, and this is biased because it was a relative, but had a relative of mine try the game. They're younger. They play a lot of 3D games and stuff. They really enjoy the game. So that's, that's, I guess I'm just saying that it's probably good for pretty wide audience. Yeah, for sure. Because we're not trying to make like the hardest, like the hardest difficult ever. We're trying to make it challenging, not like ridiculous. Yeah, beat you over the head, challenging basically at that point. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably give uh, some options as well regarding difficulty. I mean, there may or may not be one optional level that has like a pretty high challenge, but that's why yeah. it's optional and not <laughs> part of the main story. So. It's definitely. Will we definitely get like um like a souls vibe difficulty out of that that additional option? Cost maybe maybe yeah. we'll see what how I wouldn't I wouldn't I don't think like the boss of that level is gonna be as hard as like uh lingering will from Kingdom Hearts 2 critical mode where it's unfair and it messes with your command menu. If anyone knows what that is, like that, that is unfair design and they don't appreciate it. Yeah, and his, his boss pattern changes every oh, yeah. fight. So you have to memorize a lot of different patterns just to start the fight. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's it's not going to be that great. That's the most difficult boss I've ever had in my life without looking up how to beat it. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we like we didn't, we wanted to try to beat it without looking up how to beat it. And it was, it was hard. It was ridiculous. So I, I really want to talk about some of the, the games you've been playing lately. You like um, you talked about playing Final Fantasy 16 and then, um, you know, some and some other ones like Undertale and such like that. What games do you feel like has resonated with you personally that like made you want to, you know, edit the way you, you like go about like creating Shrine's legacy? Do you feel like you've you've played some aspects of Final Fantasy 16 and you're like, man, I wish we would have thought of this concept or man th now i think we can do like this this and this like in this game there's a lot of cases where we notice things we don't want to do in games oh that's <laughs> good like the final fantasy 16 is like batters you over the head with side quests oh, that are mm -hmm. not very yeah there's too many you don't ever want to do that in that game i don't understand why quality over quantity with side quests side quests are good but I don't understand why developers come to the bad. conclusion that you need, like a bunch of side quests and RPGs. Like, no, just make quality side quests, and they don't even need to be a lot. You just need enough, like like Final Fantasy Nine or Seven, um, just quality side quests. Like, don't worry about the one. People aren't people aren't going to care. They're not going to care if your RPG is like twenty hours long or whatever. Not that Final Fantasy 16 would be funny <laughs> without all those side quests. Yeah, still be yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Because we've been working for some, like from like a early, I guess from a, when it was still a prototype phase. There's been a lot of different games that have really come into play with ideas. Like I mentioned, Undertale already. Learned things from like Soul Blazer games, like I mentioned. For instance, in Illusion of Gaia, there's a mechanic where you kill, you know, a certain mies in a room, and it creates a orb that flies and destroys obstacles that break your. It's almost like a key from Zelda, but like more versatile. Well, more versatile in the sense you can any dungeon and it'll work. Yeah, it's you don't Illusion need of a Gaia. door. Yeah, Illusion of Gaia does that, where it has the it little light orb that blows up yeah. the barriers instead so of like, it just being a temple door that opens. That's kind of a huge aspect of our design is that kind of mechanic and we borrowed it from that game. I love that. And I wish more games would borrow that mechanic because it is actually really cool mechanic with a lot of versatility. Yeah, but I think our game has more puzzles. It's more puzzle focused than like Illusion of Guy or yeah. which that's definitely more Zelda like a link to the past, but our game has more story than Zelda and that's more like Final Fantasy. So just really a lot of influences. Final Fantasy V again, like several years ago, three or four years ago, I was like, man, a lot of people diss on the villain of Final Fantasy V, Mr. X-Dead. Because <laughs> he's kind of generic. In reality, he's 
cool. Like he gets, he gets shit done. Yeah, he does. He actually does. <laughs> nice to the, yeah, which is another thing we learned with rewriting the script was the villain needs to do stuff to player yeah. characters. So, so I really uh, going bad guys not present like serious consistent threat to the player or to the world then not really a villain that interesting yeah that's an interesting premise i I like that thought process um because to me like if you like your world is only as good as the story you're creating like i i i love games that actually have thought and nuance into the characters and villains and such like that so like what you're speaking is really resonate with me on a personal level i love i love that concept i want to i want to ask you though um you know like we've talked about this game being an rpg we haven't we haven't quite informed people what type of rpg this is do you, is this like yeah so like um I, I want people to get a good understanding of what they're you know go about the wish list so can you tell people what type of RPG is, is like is Shrine's Legacy? Of course, I've seen the trailer, so I can kind of get the general idea. But like for the people who haven't heard of this game, what type of RPG is this? What type of gameplay can we expect? Is this does this have um, text bubbles? What what type of game is this exactly? So this is a action RPG um, reminiscent of the Nintendo era, like Secret of Mana or Legend of Zelda. Um, but yeah illusion of Gaia but it has it has more story in it than um like a lot of those games not not like too much more because I don't I don't like pacing and bogged down um it's definitely paced well but it has more story like a Final Fantasy than say something like uh The Legend of Zelda does Zelda is like here's your sword <laughs> oh we'll go collect the gems whatever there will be some moments in the have a little bit of non-linearity but for the most part it is a linear game so it's i mean it's you can explore yeah thing and then it opens it'll, up it's more open the game it's more open than fantasy gen oh, okay later on there's more like you can do like a dungeon out of order for example from a couple of but no it's it's not term mostly it's funny it's not a term-based rpg it's an action rpg like secret of mana illusion of gaia um legend of Zelda. Link with a focus on fast pace of combat so not don't things you know, Blade chronicles action rpg where a battle takes a minute plus <laughs> think like legend of zelda where you swing your sword like two to six times yeah. i don't i don't really consider a link to the past in RPG, by the way, because I've been saying RPGs like Zelda, but for bosses, uh, <laughs> we just strong. we just there's a lot you can see our game influenced by Zelda games, um, particularly a Link to the Past. Oh, yeah, so. there was there was one other game I wanted to mention that's actually a pretty big influence, and it's an indie game, Hollow Knight. That was at a glance, it's not a very similar game as Virginia, but the way they designed the bosses really speaks to. Me. It's like the battles is like called Nightmare King Grim, and the whole premise of fight is it's like a dance, dance the boss and you, and the boss is the leader of the dance, and you have to play along to kind of defeat the boss. The concept of thinking of boss fights like that resonated. So I love that. That's an influence on our boss design moving forward. For sure, I love. <laughs> but I didn't want to mention no that's a good point that's a very good point I'm glad you brought that up I want to ask um, as well like you this game has been in development for a little while now do you feel like the you can see like the the finish line coming up or do you feel like you still got a little ways to go it's, you can see it it's still I see it, but it's far away but not as far as it is away as it is behind us uh, okay yeah closer to finishing it than yeah when we started and just to give some context the demo that's available on steam right now is pretty close to the final quality pretty of the close game. everything but... like 99 percent. yeah okay it's the first two dungeons in the game it's about two and a half hours long maybe maybe like one and a half three hours on your pace long so that much is pretty much 100 percent done give or take some small details 
Okay, so uh, minus a couple of features, it, it's pretty much the, what we can expect out of the final product. Yeah, the, there will be, we have like a equipment called jewels in the game, and there's like more jewels in the demo than there's going to be in the final game up to that point in the story. Just let people play yes. more. We wanted people to be able to experiment more, so we put more jewels, aka equipment, in the demo than what you're going to get at that point in the story in the final game. Um, but you know, other than that, like it's mostly there, mostly. Okay. Okay. Um, here, I like question. This is, um, current, currently this is available all, uh, like only on PC, right? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Um, okay. And you know, instead of a mailing box, but I can mention that later, but it just lets <laughs> you play it DRM free. Um, the mailing, the mailing list, um, where you get the demo for with DRM free, so you don't have to get it through Steam or anything. Yes. It's a positive concept. So, yeah, we can say that at the end because the last. Okay. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah, I do want to ask though. Like you have um this this game is fully controller support, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's amazing. Assuming there's not a Switch two already. <laughs> that's like far out, but. I think we're gonna get it done in time that the switch will still be plenty relevant okay beyond launch but it's a high priority to get it on switch pretty after launch because and then playstation and then xbox after that which number one because i feel like it's just console that this type of game resonates the best with this game does feel like a perfect handheld game yeah 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 i um i want to ask you because i know like i'll have some listeners who are going to you know follow up and ask me after this is this um episode releases uh have you done any testing to see if this is going to be steam deck compatible i think my my uncle actually played it so he didn't tell me very much about how experience went he didn't complain about anything so i think the demo think works, works on steam deck so it probably just works i think think it works okay like it's not like the official seal of approval from steam but i think it worked that's good as one tries it and it doesn't work please let us know because it's a good thing for us to be able to it answer to some work in theory it's not like it's not really pushing the limits of no it's not gonna hardware work. It's not hardware but it's a matter of like control um, yeah for sure yeah, the control part is usually what what is the biggest hiccup for most most games. When a lot of people ask, "Is this compatible for Steam?" or and everything like that. Hoping that's a control. The way it has controller support kind of crosses over into the Steam deck. Okay. Does, but if anybody tries it and finds it otherwise, that's yeah, we don't have a Steam deck, so we don't we don't know. <laughs> we don't. We don't even have like button layouts for because you can change your controls. Yeah, okay. Kind of like a PlayStation controller, right? The way a Steam Deck's laid out. It kind of is, yeah. Um, it's kind of um, think about it almost like a, I would say more like a Switch, except a you know A and B are kind of swapped. Right. And and the layout in general is kind of like a lot of the controls are towards the top. So when you see like um. Like to give you a comparison, like when you see like the when you see like the button, like this is where the D pad is. The the controls are right up here versus like a switch where it's kind of down below. You know, I think uh, it would work. Probably, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just a matter of like, but IDs, mm -hmm. the technical jargon, should, <laughs> should work. Okay, okay. We should add Steam deck rules since it's gonna be on Steam. Like the button layout, you can change well, the look of your buttons in the game. So the face buttons are laid out like Switch, right? Yeah, um, very similar to what. Yeah, it, it's where the face buttons are are like you know how like why? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's the same as Switch, and people can probably use the Switch app or the alt. It's called ZR uh, ZL. Like yeah. Um, well, no, uh, one's called R R one R two L one R two, and then like. You have the PlayStation Switch. Okay. Yeah, it is. It is a PlayStation version of a well, Switch. Yeah, we might consider that later. Then it's not a high priority. Okay. It's just, and that 
aesthetic thing. We have aesthetics for buttons. For buttons. Yeah. When you change you your like, controls, like you can figure them to look like PlayStation controls, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, Super Nintendo. Okay. So yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that where you said it's almost like a PlayStation Switch. I can totally see that now. It's like because it does have like the all the triggers and the like the top buttons are all PlayStation, but like the face buttons are all Xbox, and then the layout kind of feels like a switch. So it kind of feels like I'm uh the, you know like a malgorithm of all three of them in a weird way. But it's it's so funny that you mentioned that. I've never even thought about that. <laughs> all right, so gentlemen, before we go, um, I wanna give everyone the final pitch on you know on Shrine Legacy. Why like? Who should play this game and who's this for and why should they wishlist this one? Uh, so if you if you love retro style action RPGs, again, like Secret of Mana, like Legend of Zelda, like Illusion of Gaia, Terranigma, Soul Blazer, this game is for you. If you want to play a co-op RPG with a friend, this game is for you. Um, you want story in it? doesn't take itself too seriously most of the time but still gets pretty deep at the end this game is pretty yeah i love that yeah i love that so but i mentioned this um before we recorded i this is the part where i ask you the three big final questions of the show the, the three branches so to speak and the first one is our pro nerd review portion of the show where i asked our senior guest are you ready because it is time for the hardest challenge you will ever experience in your life <laughs> i love it i love it so in the pro nerd trivia portion of the show if, if you're a first time listener this is how it works we asked our esteemed guest five different questions based on five different categories these categories are all nerd nerdy kind of categories and they are completely randomized i have no control of which category they lands on nor, nor the question so I want to ask you guys, you know, how nerdy are you? I was telling girlfriend I'm a nerd, but she insists that I'm a nerd, so that's my response. Okay, I like that. I like that. Brett, as a nerd, isn't the biggest, but I think what I'm nerdy about, pretty nerdy. About. I like that. 60, 70% nerd, I don't know. Okay. Depends on your, your quality. Well, you take white and nerdy as an answer? <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it i love it so all right everyone if you for all you first time listeners the you know we also want to inform you that if they get all five all five questions correct they enter in the pro nerd hall of fame thus you know join our esteemed you know one person who's already in the hall of fame the one person so it is quite the uphill battle, but I have faith that they are going to persevere and overcome this this challenge. So here we go. Our first question is in the realm. Oof, a tough one right off the bat. Yeah, you already failed. No, no, it's, it's all good. It's all good. The first question is in the realm of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. All right. So, gentlemen, how familiar are you with the MCU? I've seen all the movies up to uh, the Avengers Endgame, and okay. I've seen Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay, so so fairly familiar. Only once. Okay, so fairly familiar. All right, all right. So here we go. All right. What is Loki's real race? What is Loki's real race? What is his origin? Oh, um, isn't he, isn't he like a dark elf or something? I know for the Norse, Norse, gods. Norse mythology. Yeah, I know for Norse gods, but I don't know if that's really the answer. answer. I don't know. Is he like a dark elf? I don't remember. I, I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. in the second movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, is it's in the first and the second movie. It, Loki's real race is he's a frost giant, by the way. Oh, frost, yeah. frost giant, yes. Okay, I don't know why I thought elf. Yeah, well, in in Thor two, the Dark World, it was like the movie was about like the dark elves invading and such like that. So that was that was a pretty good answer. Um, 
So you are O of one so far, but we have a feeling you're going to turn this around. Our next category is in the realm of Batman and Batman Batman trivia. Here we go. Which Robin is famous for being killed by the Joker? Jason Todd. All right, he is one of one. He, they are officially on the board. He did not hesitate with the clutch answer on that one. Instantly. No, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> no. Little Red Riding. <laughs> <laughs> Little Red Riding. I love it. I love it. All right, so the next question is in the realm of Pokemon. Pokemon. Specifically, Gen 1, the first generation of Pokemon. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it gets a little ugly after you if you include all of, all the generations. So I like to just include Gen One. But okay. I digress. Here we go. What Pokemon does Paris Paris evolve into? Paris. 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 Who? What Pokemon does Paris evolve into? The mushroom crab. Parasite? Parasite is the correct answer. You are, you have answered two correct and one incorrect. Ladies and gentlemen, they are on a roll right now. So, our next question is in the category of dun, 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 Harry Potter. Harry Potter, the wizarding world of Harry Potter. So, before I ask this question, how familiar are y'all with Harry Potter? Okay. I'm gonna say very then. It's been a long we time were, since I was reading. We were reading the books before the movies came out, so okay. Okay, it's probably not very fresh. I've read it a few years back, so the series. So maybe. All right, let's go. All right, sounds good. All right, what type of creature is fluffy? Oh, uh, a Cerberus? Like not Cerberus, but the three-headed dog. That I would have taken both answers. And that is absolutely correct. All right, they are three and three correct, one incorrect, and our final. Let's see. So our final category. You have a choice between category A or category B. Which one would you like to choose? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's just whichever one. You know, I like to. I like to give you all a, a choice. A. All right. All right. A is. All right. A is in the realm of cartoons specifically 90s slash 2000s cartoons okay a very hard pool but perhaps y'all are very knowledgeable in this aspect it is our era to bear yeah I, I like that i like that same here um so in avatar the last airbender oh he's excited it's wrong i'm gonna be mad <laughs> all right come <laughs> on. go for it go for it in avatar the last airbender there is two characters, two characters that are known as goofball characters, goofball characters, specifically in the Ba Sensei era of the show. One is a character named Boomy. The other character is a character who is famous for getting his, I guess you could say, store torn up and ripped. What? Vegetable slash produce <laughs> was he known to carry? Cabbages. Cabbages. Cabbages is the correct Cabbages. answer. Cabbages is the correct <laughs> answer. You went four and four of one. You officially were one away from becoming in the Hall of Fame. That was a hell of a performance. Would you, uh, out of curiosity, would you like to see the road not taken and see what category you would have chose on category B? Sure. Okay. Category B was a hard one. It would have been the world of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones would have been the other category. Yeah. Must have seen Thrones. So it's a good. It's we good that you that. chose that. Hey, yeah, it's good that you chose that. Yeah, that is very good. Um, yeah, you had a really good performance there. Kudos to you. The questions. Oh, okay. Lucky. <laughs> you got lucky. I got you. I got you. What? Okay. 
What season? What season was famous for being dreaded that it is coming? Winter. Winter is coming is absolutely correct. Winter. Because I've seen a few episodes. I thought you meant season. As in no. season six. No, no, like season of the top of the year. I've seen a few episodes, so I would have got that one right. But Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Winter is indeed coming. Yeah. So, Fun yeah. Avatar, we didn't watch that until we were like 18 years old. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I just kind of avoided it when it was on air. And yeah, it's just, it's actually one of the biggest influences on my writing. So as far as like character development and arcs. Yeah, that was... I, I was pretty confident that we were going to get that one. <laughs> that is so funny. Like, coincidentally, like, it had two Avatar questions up there, and I just chose the one on the top. The one on the bottom was, you know, who who was the Fire Lord in Avatar The Last Airbender? What was his name? And Ozai. Ozai, yeah. <laughs> you know, Nerf not that bad. No. You have to know the show. Yeah, you, for sure, for sure. That would have been a hard one if you never <laughs> have watched it. Zuko, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Iroh is probably my favorite character in that whole show. I love Iroh. Yeah, it is. He's great. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> so you know, I told you we had um, three major questions. Our second major question is: besides your own game, what game would you recommend to the audience to check out? Um, gosh, like. One game or yeah, like well, uh, or maybe like just do a couple that you think the audience should definitely check out. One, I guess. I don't know. It's I'm gonna, tough. I'm gonna give a shout out to our friends who have helped us actually. Um, check out my familiar. My familiar. By, uh, by Chensi, by Chensi Games. Um, okay. This studio. Game, something like that. Something like that. It's called My Familiar. My Familiar. It's a really stylish is RPG. Like pixel art, noir, buddy cop RPG. And it's, it's development right now, but there is a different it's, on Steam. It's very street punk. Um, and we play as anthropomorphic characters, and it's pretty wild in the art. Can't. Oh, this looks crazy cool. Yeah, it can't. I can't, like, not praise that game enough. So, and that's one of our, one of our friends' projects. So that's going to be my recommendation. It's going to demo on Steam. Check it out. Before, before we move on, I want to read the, read the description to give this game. It's, it's just news for a second uh, about this game. Yo, welcome to my familiar in this RPG. You wake up as a, as a fresh familiar on the mean streets of which city where the denizens are dark and corruption is king. Fight, flee, and aggressively wrap your way through a vibrant inner city gauntlet chock full of dysfunctional demons in flashy over-the-top turn-based battles. Cast of six playable familiar characters include a self-loathing party foul, a disembodied diva, a remorseless sausage thief, a totally jacked luchador duck, a self-righteous robber, um was this baroness and some weird purple rabbit goblin rat thing cool <laughs> i guess question mark i love that description absolutely love that description mm -hmm. oh, yep. all right everyone so definitely go check out um chin is it chinsey is that how you pronounce it chinsey chinsey i think so chintzy link um it's chintzy inks game it is called my familiar it, you can currently wishlist it on steam and looks like it's planned for a release date of q4 of 2024 so definitely go show it some love and definitely go add it to your wish list so what well, did you have another game you wanted to shout out so i'll shout out the, the non-indie game of the two of us and it's my favorite game Alan already mentioned earlier. It's called Fantasy Nine. Some people may have heard of it. Yeah, just a little known game. Just a little bit. This was not my first Final Fantasy and it's my favorite, so that's already saying something. <laughs> it's, it's good. The, fun. the story the story in particular is really resonates with me. I think Alan on a personal level. Yeah. That's I love that kind of there's no way to distance our like ourselves from influences we've gotten that game and 
plenty of other games, but um, that's like the number one game that comes to my head on what is my favorite game of all time. I love that. I love that. So Final Fantasy Nine and my familiar you should definitely go check those out everyone before we go though my last final major question for you alan and joseph is where can the good people find you and where can they go wish list this badass game twitter is our most um steady social media yeah steady social media platform uh at shrineslegacy.com all one word uh no just at at shrineslegacy.com yeah at shrines legacy all one word <laughs> and um we have a discord as well which you can find the link to it on our twitter yep. uh the demo for shrines legacy is on steam so i recommend checking that out and please wish list it because that really helps us really pushes the algorithm with that's that's just what we have to deal with these days and, and uh <laughs> if you want a drm free copy of the demo go to positiveconceptgames.com and subscribe for our mailing list it is free you can subscribe to it gets a demo and unsubscribe if you want to we won't um, judge we won't judge <laughs> um but yeah that's where you can check out all our stuff all right all right so alan and joseph i want to thank you so much for being on the single player experience podcast it's been a delight having you um everyone go check out shrines legacy you can also um you can find them at where the you can find them at twitter you can find it at the links on this episode because i will have the discord link i will have the demo link and i will also have the twitter link in the description of this episode where you can go just with a click of a button support these two fine gentlemen by wishlisting this amazing game so without further ado that is all we have for this show before we go though alan joseph thank you so much for being on the show man yeah thank you we appreciate it this is man anytime i can't wait to i'd love to have you back when this game is out so we can you know talk about celebrations talk about where people can also you know get it on all platforms and everything like that so keep in touch would love to have you back but in the meanwhile everyone that's all we have for this episode of the single player experience podcast i've been sebastian that's been alan and that's been joseph and that's been what is the cast name uh that's diddy and that's been Diddy, and we're out, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So that's a wrap for today's episode. I want to give a special shout out and thank you to Alan and Joseph for being on the show today. I also want to let you know about the Single Player Experience Discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description. Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good games you've been playing, or give your feedback on the show. If you have a game that you think should be recommended or that you think I should talk about, let me know in the single player experience discord server. I'll see you there. Before we go, I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace.